welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. Hello, hello. Today, we are talking about procrastination. Where are my procrastinators at? Well, you know what? You don't have to be a procrastinator. You just might procrastinate. Yeah, big difference between the two, right? We'll talk about that here in a second. Because if you've ever sat down to work on a family budget or do taxes or schedule a doctor's appointment and maybe you suddenly find yourself unloading the dishwasher, cleaning out that hall closet that's been bugging you for months or getting the dust bunnies off of the ceiling fan, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have this task that you're supposed to do, but then you find yourself doing all these other tasks that you otherwise wouldn't choose to do, but you do them instead of the task that you're supposed to be doing. Yep, that is called procrastination. How do I know? Because I myself am a recovering procrastinator. And so these are the tips and tools and tricks and things that I've learned that I want to share with you today in hopes of helping you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what is procrastination the multitude of different reasons as to why we do it, and then what we can do about it. All right, let's do this. So what is procrastination? Just simply put, procrastination means that you're delaying or postponing something, right? You're not doing something when you could be doing something. It's procrastinating. You put it off. It's estimated that 20% of adults do this, procrastinate, When you look at students, whether it be in elementary or high school or college, students procrastinate about 50% of the time. And one of the main reasons it's really difficult to overcome is because we all have different reasons for doing it. So the key to beating it is to find out what is your specific reason for doing it and then address it at its core. So we're going to do a little bit of that here today. So think about cleaning your house. Like this is a chore. This is a task that a lot of us might procrastinate on. And you finally make a decision that I'm going to clean the house on Saturday. So you get up Saturday morning, you get your cup of coffee, you grab your phone, you sit down, you have all the best intentions in the world of getting started right away with cleaning the house, but you got to have that cup of coffee first. Totally understand. But you get lost in your phone. And before you know it, like 45 minutes have passed. And you're like, whoa, I got to start cleaning this house. But you start scrolling through Facebook for a bit. And then you're on Instagram. And let's check the headlines and the weather and all those things. And you look up. And before you know it, it's lunchtime. Checking your phone, surfing social media actually gave you relief from the task you didn't want to do. It was a distraction from cleaning the house. And that distraction gave you short-term relief. And that's what we want, right? When we're uncomfortable because we got to do something we don't want to do, like clean the house, we look for all the things that are going to make us feel better because we don't like that feeling. And surfing on your phone creates relief, short-term relief. You know what else would create relief, though? Actually cleaning the house. That's going to give you long-term relief, And intellectually, I think we know that. But what's going on here is that cleaning the house is something that is going to kind of happen in the future. And that means that getting your cleaning done is a delayed reward. So the value right now is reduced. The further away the deadline is, the less attractive it seems to be to actually do the dusting and the mopping and the vacuuming and, you know, all the things. That's one reason why we procrastinate. 
Another reason is because we believe we work best under pressure. I worked in media for 20 years. You want to know deadline pressure? I mean, my, my pressure wasn't projects that were due in months, weeks, or days. My, my deadline pressure was seconds. Like you're on the air in five seconds, make it happen. And I, for the longest time, thought, yeah, you know what? I just worked best under pressure because I was doing it all the time. A lot of times, though, we manufacture the pressure to get the job done. Chances are your deadline pressure isn't because you're going to go live on the air and 10, 9, 8, 7, you get the point. By procrastinating, we actually create the deadline pressure, which means we get the job done. Working well under pressure is the self-fulfilling prophecy because we create the situation that creates the pressure for the deadline. I know this because I did this in college. Maybe you did this in college. The professor would give you two weeks to write a paper. And instead of taking the two weeks to write the paper or get the paper done the first week, me, I was waiting until two days before the paper was done at the computing commons, pounding it out with Red Bull in hand. That's just what I did. I mean, you guys might be able to relate to that, but most of us aren't procrastinating writing term papers anymore. Thank goodness, because that really sucked. Like, I'm done with that. We procrastinate with paying the bills or making the doctor's appointment or returning phone calls. And when you get to work, maybe it is you're, you're procrastinating on that project that's due or that presentation you need to write or that conversation with your boss or coworker or your employee that is kind of making you feel a little anxious to procrastinate and put those off because they cause us stress, right? They cause us stress. Nobody looks forward to that kind of stuff. So we want to avoid the stress so we can feel better. We don't do this because we're lazy. We do this because we are human and our human brains are wired for survival. One of my coaches, Carl Lowenthal, explained it this way when it comes to procrastination. And it was so good that I wanted to share it with you here. She's like, back when men were living in caves, our, our brains were constantly looking for threats, physical threats to our existence. If our brain could find the threat, then we could avoid the threat and we could survive. Okay? Pretty simple. So if there was like a saber-toothed tiger outside, that would be the threat. Our body would see the threat and just release stress hormones into our system so that we could get away from the threat. We thought, you know, it was going to eat us, so we have the cortisol and the adrenaline that gets dumped into our body so that our heart rate picks up, so that our muscles tense, so that we can run faster to get away from the threat. That's what our body wants to do, get away from the threat. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen many saber-toothed tigers lately. We humans really don't have a ton of physical threats, which is a really good thing. But our brains are still wired to look for them. And since we don't have those kinds of physical threats, they're looking for other kinds of threats. So it sees that presentation at work as a threat. It sees those conversations you're avoiding as a threat. It's that phone call to your mom that's a threat. And you think about those, and when you think about them and they create that feeling of anxiety or stress, what happens? Yep, that cortisol and that adrenaline gets dumped into your body. But this isn't a fight or flight kind of situation where you need to run away from the tiger. The threat is the work, the conversation, and the phone calls that your body thinks is going to eat you. So you got to get away from them. You got to avoid them. 
That's why when you sit down to actually call your mom, you find yourself scrolling through Facebook and Instagram for 30 minutes before noticing that you haven't called her yet. Your brain is actually trying to protect you. Procrastination creates that relief until it doesn't. You see, at some point in time, that deadline is going to become the bigger threat than the task. And when your brain wants to get away from the threat and the deadline is the threat, how do you get away from the deadline? You do the work. It's no longer the phone call to your mom that's going to eat you. It's not calling her that will. So what do you do about it? Well, I mean, first, it's just acknowledging that whatever it is that you're avoiding isn't going to eat you. I know that sounds stupid, but it's true. It's really great for you to acknowledge what's happening in your brain going, oh, yeah, brain, I know what you're doing here. Yeah, yeah, calling my mom, not a problem. I know that you're freaking out, but I'm safe. It's okay. (laughs) Just kind of acknowledging what's going on up there. And then secondly, ask yourself what you're afraid of. Get to the thought that's creating the feelings of stress or anxiety. That's what's triggering this hormonal response in your body. So if we can change the thought, we're going to change the feeling, which means we don't trigger the adrenaline and cortisol in our body, which means we don't have to get away from the threat. Following me? So how do you do that? Well, you come up with a new thought to think intentionally about the task, about the quote-unquote threat, but, but you got to believe it. You got to believe the new thought, and it has to be a better thought than the original one. So let me explain. Let me explain, because I don't, I don't want this to be confusing. So let's say you're procrastinating about calling your mom. One, recognize you're not going to die if you call your mom, okay? <laughs> Number one. Number two, ask yourself what it is that you're afraid of. I'm afraid that she's not going to like what I have to say. Like, that's the thought that's rattling around in the head. I'm afraid she's not going to like what I have to say. And when I think that thought, it creates that feeling of anxiety and triggers the hormonal response and the avoidance. Okay, got it. Well, if I don't want to avoid it anymore, I then, number three, have to find out how else can I think about this that feels better? Okay, Um, well... We've had tough conversations before, and she still loves me. How does that feel? It feels a heck of a lot better than anxious. That probably feels hopeful. You could think the thought, I love her, she loves me, we'll figure it out. And when you think that thought, it creates a feeling of empowerment. So when you feel anxious because you're thinking, she's not going to like what I have to say, you procrastinate and you end up not saying anything. When you feel empowered because you're thinking, I love her, she loves me, we'll figure it out. Well, you say what you need to say and you end up loving her and yourself. You see, procrastination rarely has anything to do with being lazy. It's because we're stressed about doing something and the fight or flight part of our brain kicks in to protect us. Another major reason why we procrastinate is fear of failure and perfectionism. Yeah, we're so paralyzed by the idea of perfection that we don't even begin. Now, it's no wonder this happens. I mean, at a young age, we're told practice makes perfect. Do this. Practice makes perfect. And then it's like almost in the next breath, somebody tells us, well, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's no wonder that we grow up to be adults with this weird relationship with perfectionism, right? It's like we're screwed up as kids. Hmm. All of us. 
Now, the truth, though, is that no one is perfect. But yet we spend so much of our lives chasing something that doesn't exist, that illusion that if we just tried hard enough, worked hard enough, got more, we'd get closer to perfection. It's no wonder that we're exhausted. We're chasing something that we'll never catch. And let's be clear that perfectionism doesn't just show up as like perfect A's or matching PJs for the beautiful Christmas card or a a house that looks like a Pinterest board. One of the most popular ways perfectionism shows up is through procrastination. We constantly worry that it won't be done right, so we do nothing. We worry about making the wrong decision, so we do nothing. We don't have the perfect plan, so we, say it with me, do nothing. We do nothing. Perfectionism leads to procrastination. If it can't be perfect, then I won't do it at all. So how do you break the perfectionism procrastination loop? One idea I want you to play with is that done beats perfect every time. Done beats perfect every single time. I had to learn this a bit of the hard way, but I so value this lesson because it has taught me so much. I once had a mentor really pushing me to get my website done for my coaching business. He saw that I was really stuck in this perfection mode of picking out the right fonts and colors and pictures and content and pages and like all the things, like all all the things with building a website. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Pamela, version one is better than version none. Get it done. And I looked at him, I'm like, what? He goes, version one is better than version none. How can you help people in your business if they don't even know you exist because your website isn't perfect? Ever have one of those like light bulb moments that just clicks? Yeah, when he said that to me, it just clicked. I realized that like the only person that was standing in the way of me was me. And... This is when I started embracing B-minus work. B-minus work. It was a bit tough for me because growing up, I was always pushed to get A's. So now you're telling me that B-minus is okay. That was a bit hard to stomach. But think about this. My coach helped me see that it's not about the grade. It's about getting your work into the world. By wasting time trying to make everything perfect, I wasn't making the contribution to the world that I wanted. I wasn't impacting the people that I wanted. I wasn't helping the people that needed what I had to offer. She said, Work that you don't produce at all does nothing in the world. So true. B minus work. Get it out there. Don't let perfection get in the way of progress. I can always go back and change it. I can always go back and edit, but get it out there because sometimes good enough is good enough. Another way to break the procrastination perfectionism loop is to really change your relationship with failure, with mistakes. Yep. I said the F word, failure. Man, we've got such a twisted relationship with that word. We honestly do. And I know that some of you right now are going, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. She was just telling me to embrace B minus work. And now she's talking about failure. Like what the hell kind of life coaching is this? I'm telling you folks, this is the type of coaching that gets you unstuck. No one likes to make mistakes or fail, but perfectionists, Man, they will go to amazing lengths to avoid experiencing the discomfort of it so they don't even start. They fail ahead of time by not even trying. I mean, think about that. If you're not even trying because you're afraid of failing, then you're just failing ahead of time. It's like you've pre-failed. So what do you do? My advice is to put on the white lab coat. What do I mean by that? 
Put on the white lab coat and become like a scientist. Treat failure like an experiment. Collect all the data. When you fail, collect the data of what worked and what didn't because some things will have worked, some things won't. Find out what works, find out what doesn't, do more of what worked, stop doing what didn't work, and explore what else might work. I mean, like, that's what scientists do in the lab. They don't get all emotional about it. They just go, okay, yeah, that didn't work. Why didn't that work? What can I learn from it? And what do I want to do next with this information? Do the same with your life. You don't have to make failure mean anything other than information of what didn't work. Good to know, right? Move on. It can be that simple. Our brains like to make it harder than it needs to be because, again, your brain is trying to protect you. That's what's going on. Just acknowledge what's happening and you can move on. A lot of times people think that they have this time management problem when they procrastinate. They don't have a time management problem. They have an emotional management problem. They have to learn that you don't feel good all the time and sometimes you just got to get on with it. Rarely are you going to feel like doing everything all the time. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like doing it. Instead of focusing on your feelings, focus on the next step. Break down the projects into steps and tell yourself you're going to do the next step, whatever that may be, for five minutes. You can do anything for five minutes. Just start. Give yourself permission to work for five minutes. Because a lot of times, just taking that first step to getting started is the hardest one. And when you start, you'll actually go longer than five minutes. And even if you don't, you're starting to build that confidence that you can do it because you can. So to recap all of this for you, procrastination is just delaying or postponing doing something. And we do this because our brains are hardwired for survival and to look for relief. So understand that your work... That, that task, whatever it is that you're putting off, is not going to eat you. Even though like that reptilian part of your brain, that's what it's freaking out and it's telling you. Just ask yourself, what is it that you're afraid of? And how else can you think about this that feels better? That will calm down that stress response so your brain isn't freaking out in that fight or flight mode. Another reason we procrastinate is that fear of failure and perfectionism. So you can beat the perfectionism procrastination loop by embracing B-minus work. I'm telling you, it is a game changer. Be open to failure by putting on the white lab coat, figuring out what worked, what didn't, and not making it mean anything emotionally. And then break it down into steps and just work for five minutes. I've given you guys a ton to chew on today because I see this as such a huge challenge with so many of my clients. And I thought that maybe you could benefit from a little coaching on it as well. So if you're interested in more coaching on this or anything else, stick around. I'll tell you how to get it in just a second. So I hope this all helps. Till next time. Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're feeling stuck and you want to start wiggling loose, head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and sign up for a free session to see if life coaching is for you. Again, that's PamelaHughesCoaching.com. Hope to chat with you soon.